Hey, welcome to our first annual Vision Sunday. Super glad you're here with us, joining us in the center. If you're online or in the chapel, very glad today to be able to share with you where we believe God is taking us in the next five years. And we're asking this question, why? Why would a church need a vision to advance? Why would a church advance and not just be content with where we are today? It's a great question, and the very simple answer is this, that we cannot be comfortable where we are, that we can't put the car in neutral, we certainly can't put the church in reverse, or be comfortable just parking and sitting here, but the church of Jesus Christ has been designed by God to advance, to have a vision to do more. And I want to show you this in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump open to a Matthew chapter 6 in your electronic copy or paper copy, to Matthew chapter 6, to verses that are incredibly familiar to many of you that have been memorized probably by billion people. Very familiar words that are regularly prayed to God. In the context of Matthew chapter 6 is Jesus is explaining his, to, to his disciples the content of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God and how it advances. And so Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, this then is how you should pray. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to us. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. I mean, familiar, right? Familiar words, familiar text, familiar prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, hallowed be your name. But did you notice the words of verse 10? You could skip over them very quick, but verse 10 says, your kingdom come. Your will, God, be done. Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray that God's kingdom would advance, that God's kingdom would come to earth as it's already being lived out in heaven, that his kingdom reign would advance on this planet. And he's saying to us, we should be praying for that. Why would Jesus want us to pray that his kingdom would advance? See, where God's kingdom advances, so does God's peace. Where God's kingdom advances, so is God's forgiveness advance. God's kingdom advances, so do God's joy, God's hope. And who doesn't want God's forgiveness? Who doesn't need God's peace, God's hope, God's joy? And so Jesus is teaching them and praying and giving us a vision, a snapshot, that the kingdom of God would advance one person at a time, that that should be our vision, our prayer as well. So here's what that looks like practically. We talk about it at Faith Church this way, that people are walking around the Lehigh Valley and around the world without hope, that every human has a hope tank, 
and that we start out with an empty hope tank. We're dead in our sin and hopelessly in need of forgiveness and peace. If there are people in your neighborhood or in this world that don't have hope in Christ, does that bug you at all? Does it even register that there are people around you at work, school, home, around the globe that have empty hope tanks? Does that bug you at all? You see, when Jesus says, pray that God's kingdom would come and God's will would be done, he's saying, pray that people have their hope tanks filled. And so for the past 55 years, the leaders of Faith Church had a vision and have prayed and have sacrificed so that we could sit here today. I mean, without people that have gone before us who had a vision, who prayed, who sacrificed, why would we or how could we be sitting and enjoying and experiencing and growing and learning and being challenged and encouraged You see, we hit sit here now because others went before us with a vision to advance the kingdom of God with prayer and sacrifice, and now it's our turn as a church family to pray and to sacrifice to advance the kingdom of God. And so that's what we're going to do today, share with you a vision of what we believe God wants us to do over the next five years. Before I share this vision with you, I'm going to ask the chairman of the elders to come, John Palomera, and he's going to help explain how we got to this point of having a vision. What's up, John? Hey, Joe. How are you doing? What are you doing here? It's like I'm here. I know. It's where you come. So you are an elder at Faith Church, but you don't look very elderly. Well, sorry, I couldn't deliver a few more gray hairs for you this morning. But the term elder here doesn't necessarily mean old or elderly. The term here is found in the Bible, and it's a term for those that are appointed to oversee the local church, just like this. So you have a role as elder to serve in the local church. Can you just take a minute to describe to people what it would mean, what it looks like to serve as an elder at faith? Yeah, sure, Joe. So the elders are a group, and we're appointed by the membership of the church. And this, as a group, we set the long-term direction and are also have overall accountability for this church. But we're also just a group of everyday people. I'm an engineer. We have teachers. We have a couple of retirees uh, serving as elders. You probably couldn't pick us out from a crowd here on a Sunday morning. We're just a group that's really trying to, to follow Jesus' heart for this church, trying to understand what his direction is for this church, and just love this church. So when we meet together, we pray. We pray for this church. We set the long-term goals and policies for this church. It's really a role where we're at the same time spiritual and strategic. For, for me personally, it's the place I serve here at Faith Church. Just like someone would serve in First Impressions or serve at the coffee bar, it's the place that I feel that I can use my gifts right now at the church. So you, you serve in a particular capacity here, and you serve in partnership with the staff. Can you describe what that partnership between staff and elders, what does that look like? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. So first of all, I just want to thank our staff here. Don't we have an incredible staff team Faith Church? Absolutely. Appreciate it. You know, 
really throughout the church, right? So our, our care ministries, the worship that you experience up here, the online presence that we have, you know, it's all so welcoming and done with excellence. The elders really appreciate the staff team, the men and the women that make up the staff team. It really does feel like a family. At the same time, I want you to understand that the elders take very seriously accountability here at the church. We are Joe's boss, and Joe leads the staff. All of us need a boss because we all need direction, and we all need accountability. At the same time, what we want to do is we want to unleash the God-given creativity and the God-given talent and really the God-given potential of Joe and the staff. So what we do as elders is we create the, the goals and the kind of the rules in the form of policies. And then once the staff knows the direction and the clear boundaries, they can pour themselves into what you experience here every week. You know, there's a point to all of this accountability as well. We want to proclaim hope, produce disciples, and unleash servants so that me and you and your family and my family, we can all learn to grow and serve Jesus here and learn to serve each other's here. So I've been personally just blessed incredibly to partner with the elders. It's this great working relationship. And actually today there are two elders, Ron Verdon and Sam Nabala, who are finishing terms of service. And these dudes have been serving Faith Church for a bunch of years. And we wouldn't be where we are today without these men who are serving and using their gifts to help the church. So we're asking the membership today, interesting, to vote on a couple items. And you might think voting in church, like what's that about? Can you take a moment to explain to everyone the topics that we're voting on as a church family? Yeah, sure, Joe. So there's a couple important votes today, a few of them. Um, So the first is on the budget, and we're voting on the budget for the church for next year. The way this works here at the church is the staff does the details of the budget, they present it to the, el- the team of elders, and we review that, we have discussions, and then we approve that, and it's our job to present it to, the, to our members for a vote. There's plenty of information on that in your, in your packets. We're also voting on elders today. There's a couple new elders up for uh, uh, election to the board, and there's a couple of us that are being, having their terms renewed. And so there's plenty of biographical information in your packets on that as well. The third one is on property agreements. You might say, why are we voting on property agreements in a church service? Well, our bylaws give the members of this church the authority to buy and sell property. And there's a couple specific items that we want to take action on. And so what you'll see in the the votes is that there's like, in the FAQs, there's some complexity to these things. There's some timing that needs to be just right. So we're asking the members of the church to give us the authority to make these transactions. So a few important votes today. If you're a member here, I really encourage you to vote. Please do so after the service. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit, that's just a little bit of context to who elders are. But this is the, this is the good stuff. So we're here today to share with the congregation where we believe God's leading Faith Church. And so as the elders have partnered together with the staff, we've come up with this vision. Can you tell us how we got to this point? Yeah. So... It's been really interesting. So let me first start by saying, you know, this place, I really think you can really feel love here. You can feel the love of Jesus here. But we all know this is not something that we should be keeping to ourselves. So the elders have been on this journey the last several years thinking about these things. You know, how do, how do we as a church love our community? What does it look like for us to, to reach out and, and love someone on the other side of the world? What's our role in all of this? 
So really what we've been doing is looking at these things piece by piece. How do we not run out of space here? How do we provide the counseling and care that, we, that, that is such a need here in our church? And so as we've looked at these things, you know, the timing always seemed kind of fuzzy. Something didn't seem right. But over the last year, we put all of these puzzle pieces on the table. And when we looked at them together, the picture that you're going to see this morning, it snapped into focus for us. Bay Church, what God is calling us to do is bigger than what we can do. If I'll be honest, there's a humble, nervous excitement amongst the elders about these things. We also know that the God, the God that we serve, he's big and he does big things. And we're super excited to see what he's going to do through this church. Yeah, and I totally feel the same way. It's like the stuff that God wants us to do is bigger than what we can handle, what we can do. And I'm excited, but nervous. Very true. Anything else before you go and I babble on to share with the church family? A couple more things. So first, Faith Church, we want you to know, the elders want you to know, that we love you and that we pray for you. The stories of transformation that we hear happening in this church, they bring us joy. And we pray for those of you that are suffering. If we can pray for you, we would count it a privilege to do so. Also, can I ask you for something? Can you pray for us as we think about this church and, and try to make it into the church that Jesus wants it to be? Please pray for us as we do that. There is one more thing that I'd just like to tell you about this morning. Did you know that we're celebrating an anniversary here this morning? It was 10 years ago today that this church called Joe to be our pastor. Isn't that incredible? Joe, we greatly appreciate the leadership and the direction that you've given this church over the last 10 years. We're so fortunate to have you as our shepherd here. We can't wait to see what the next chapter is going to bring. Oh, thanks. I, I feel the love and so love this place as well and our partnership, my friend. Thank you very much. So let me share with you where God is leading us and give you some broad direction of things we know he wants us to accomplish over the next five years. We don't have all of the details fully worked out. We know the direction, and we know that we can't stay still. We can't go in reverse. We can't just park the car. And what I'm going to share with you isn't going to be that surprising, and some of it may not be that exciting, but it's important. We're going to continue to gather for worship. Right? So this is basic. It's really important that on a regular basis we gather together to worship Jesus. That we want to continue to be a family that grows and learns together, learns to pray together, to serve together, that we're going to gather on a regular basis. And here's what you got to know. It doesn't matter what happens in our world. There could be an economic crisis. War could break out. doesn't matter what would happen in our world. The church of Jesus Christ will always gather on the Lord's day to worship him. And so this is really, this gathering is really important and we can't stop doing it. But beyond gathering on a Sunday, we must must pursue in greater ways grouping to grow, meaning that we're not designed to just be a giant group of people. There's something so special, so unique in worshiping God together on a Sunday, but then we all scatter into our lives, and there's something about the big group that's what the family gathering is supposed to be a part, but 
There's something missing and it doesn't happen in just a large group. There's something about us grouping outside of church together. That's where we connect. That's where we grow. That's where we're cared for. That's where our name is known. That's where our needs are known. That's where we open our Bible together. And I would tell you that over the last 10 years, I have failed as a leader to prioritize grouping together outside of the gathering as a main and most important part of what we do. And so you're going to see in the days ahead a more clear direction on how we group together outside of our gatherings so that everyone who calls Faith Church home can have a group that they can grow and be cared for in. We're going to move from a counseling ministry to a counseling center. Hundreds of people a month come through our doors for care and for counseling. But the needs in the Lehigh Valley in this area are so great. There are so many needs out there and not enough professionals to handle all the needs. So you look at what's going on in addiction in the valley. You look at what's happening in mental illness in the valley. You look at suicide. You look at loneliness. And we believe God wants us to move beyond just having a ministry, a presence in our church, but to launch a site, a counseling site somewhere off campus for us to meet the needs of all the people in the valley so that anyone who wants to can be healthy and hopeful. We want to move from an online presence to an online ministry. So obviously we love technology, and right now there are hundreds of people watching online. We believe with technology we can reach into more homes and more hearts and strategically grow and encourage people to serve and use their gifts and unleash potential people by being more strategic about our online efforts. So I think you're going to see that part of our ministry change. One of the things that you're very familiar with, most of you, is our ADOPT, our mission ADOPT, that we are going to adopt kids in Allentown and internationals. Just like God has adopted us into His family, we must, as a church family, do everything we can to make sure foster children in the state system find forever homes. We must do everything we can to help under-resourced people in the city of Allentown know that they are loved. We must do everything we can for the international community, the immigrant community, to know that there are people in this country, in this community that care and want to love and want to serve. We've had this vision, but we have so much more work to do. Maybe God is going to whisper to you that you should be a part of our ESL program and loving people through teaching English, that maybe you could learn how to be a respite care worker to help the many foster families in our church just to have a date night. You could be trained to be a babysitter for foster care, and you can partner with our many organizations in the city of Allentown who are doing incredible work in sports and food banks who want to serve and love people in the city, you can be a part of that because adoption is a huge way to advance the kingdom of God one person at a time. 
and we're going to maximize this campus. Did you notice that this place is full all the time? Do you notice that sometimes it's hard to get off campus, sometimes hard to get on campus, sometimes hard to find a seat? We have to do more to maximize every square inch of this place to create more parking spots. I was talking to a guy in Emmaus this week. It was like, hey, aren't you the guy that pastors over at that church? I came to that church one day and I couldn't even get on the campus because the traffic was too much. So I turned around and went back. That can't happen anymore. We have to find another way to get off campus through entrances and exits that we're working to explore. We have to do some renovation and we may even add some more seats for worship, we have to maximize this campus and use every inch of it to expand the kingdom of God. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to launch a new faith church location somewhere else in the valley. Did you know that there are only six out of a hundred people in the valley that are connected to a church like this? That only six of the people you work with out of a hundred have a connection to Jesus like you understand it? that only six out of a hundred kids in schools have a connection to Jesus like you know it. And so we want to launch a new campus. There are people that are driving here from 30 or 40 minutes away. Why? Because with the exploding population in the valley, there are not enough churches to reach and meet the needs of people. And we think we can take what God is doing here and bring it to other locations, not because we want to build a brand called Faith Church, but we want to advance the kingdom of God one person at a time. Actually, maybe you. Maybe you will leave this family, not the family, leave this gathering and go be a part of a new gathering in Hellertown or Nazareth to expand the kingdom of God to other parts of the valley and you know this, most of you, that we have such a burden for a group of people in the world called unreached peoples. Did you know that there are people, this is incredible to me, there are people, hundreds of millions of people, that they could drive as far as their gas tank would take them, and they wouldn't bump into one person who even knows the name of Jesus. Did you know that out there, hundreds of millions of people, even if they wanted to explore who Jesus is or open their Bible, they could not even read the Bible in their language. It's so far removed from them. God has put on the hearts of faith church leadership for decades to care about people who have no access to Jesus so he has put on our hearts to go to one place and minister, reach one group of people. Likely what that means is we're going to identify a group of people and we're going to do a startup business. What does that community need? Maybe they need manufacturing. Maybe they need a coffee shop. Maybe they need tourism. And we're going to send a group of people, maybe you, to do a startup business somewhere in 
the world, that in the next five years, Faith Church will have a startup in some place in the world that needs the light of Christ, and we will live among people, love among people, just like we do here, serve people with the hope and prayer that we can share the love and the message of Christ and translate the Bible into their language so that people can know Jesus. In the next five years, we will do that to ensure that one day there are people from every tribe and nation and language surrounding the throne of God because this group of people said we will pray and sacrifice to ensure that happens. You know, when you think about any one or two or three of these things, it's no big deal. I mean, this isn't that hard if we were just going to open a counseling center. If we just wanted to build out our building. If we just wanted to reach. But to do all of these things all at once and have it done in the next five years. This is not humanly possible. But that's exactly what God wants his family to do. Because if we have a vision that's bigger than ourselves, and we throw ourselves on God's mercy and grace and ask Him to do what we can't do, and we are willing as a family to pray and to sacrifice, His kingdom will come. His will will be done one person at a time through us. It's incredible. And you might be thinking, why should I care about this? Okay, nice corporate vision, Joe. Great. Moving on. Why should you, someone from Emmaus or Briningsville or Nazareth or Bangor, why should you care? Why should you pray? Why should you sacrifice for these things to happen? In 1912, there's a boat you all know about. The boat's called the Titanic. It's the greatest luxury liner of its time. It sets sails from Britain to New York City with 2,200 people on board. They only have 1,200 lifeboats because this ship is unsinkable. And we know the story, right? It collides with an iceberg. It starts to go down. They unleash the lifeboats. There's 18 of them. The lifeboats can only handle a small percentage. They don't even fill the lifeboats up. They send out distress signals all around them. There's this boat called the Carpathia that hears the distress signal of the Titanic It's another luxury liner, and the Carpathia makes a risky, costly decision to turn around and to head back towards the Titanic. And that costly, risky decision, I mean, they pushed that engine 25% harder than the boat was designed to go. The passengers decided to lower the temperature in the boat to conserve energy. The passengers decided to make bunk beds all around the living space, to cook food, to develop a system to pluck people out of the water. The luxury liner decided to turn around. And because it did, it took three and a half hours, they get there, they rescue 705 individuals out of the water. The next boat doesn't show up for four more hours and picks up nobody. If the Carpathia said, too much sacrificed, too costly, we're a luxury liner, we don't want to get our hands dirty, we're not going to do this, not for us, no way, then the Titanic, every single person sinks and dies. Here's the point, Faith Church, this place is really comfortable for you and me, isn't it? I mean, we roll in here, 
We got a great facility, a great staff, great experience for kids and students. Grab a cup of coffee, come into any type of worship service you want. There's always room for more. And we could sit here and be a luxury liner, or we could decide, heck no, we're going to be a rescue boat. And we could choose to say, we as a family will pray, we as a family will sacrifice, because the Jesus we know, the love we've experienced, can't be held to just us. So over these next years, as we build a counseling center, by God's grace, as we launch another church, as we reach into unreached territories of people groups, as we expand the influence, none of it's about expanding our kingdom. It's about expanding the kingdom of God one person out a time. Will you pray? I mean, honestly, will you pray? In the next number of weeks, we are going to be asking people like you to volunteer for what we're calling task forces that are going to be mobilized, volunteers, a diverse group of volunteers, to gather together to put creative energy into these initiatives that start to work over the summer and begin to launch us into these territories. And you can count on, in the fall, hearing reports about what God is doing in these task forces. Would you pray for us as we meet this summer? Would you pray for the elders and the staff as we think about these things, that we would have wisdom and clarity and unity, and that the evil one would be far from us? Because God is calling Faith Church to be a rescue boat, not a luxury liner. So will you pray? I mean, you. Some of you go, I don't even know Jesus yet. I am so glad you're here. The reason you're here is because God knows you and loves you and cares about you and has a plan for you. Just keep coming. But if you know Jesus today, would you ask God to give you a passion to see his kingdom come, his will be done through your efforts Would you ask him to use you in your workplace, in your school, in your family? You don't have to be preachy. You don't have to know anything. If Jesus has changed your life, ask God to give you a vision to advance his kingdom through your life and ask him. Ask him to give you a heart that's ready to sacrifice because there will be a day in the next year where we will stand back here and ask you to sacrifice to not be content being a luxury liner, but say, will you be a rescue boat and ask you to participate in that? Would you pray that God would help us see the kingdom come one person at a time, starting with you? Let's pray. God, incredible that you would love us so much to send Jesus to rescue us. Thank you that you weren't content in your luxury of heaven but sent Jesus to be our rescue boat, may we hear your call to advance this kingdom, your kingdom, one person at a time. Give us great humility. Give us perseverance. Give us unity. Give us strength. Show me, show my friends the sound of my voice how important our role is one person at a time to live out the love 
and share the message of Jesus in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools. Thank you that we have the guarantee that your kingdom will come and your will will be done and that people from every tribe and nation will gather around your throne. Thank you for inviting us into this mission. I pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.